Blog Talk Radio. Dumplings, dumplings, lovely dumplings, make them wax them, roll them out and smack them, bounce them, boil them, bash them with spoil them, flour and stew it, fry it up for stew it. Fill you up delicious A meal or a snack At any time of day You won't stay hungry When a dumpling's on the way Dumpling Oh, lovely dumpling Fit for a king Essential for a prince Particularly when you serve them up with mint Make them sweet with sugar Another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head huntress calling you now from Atlanta, Georgia, which is my new home as of the beginning of this month. And um, well, it's actually kind of a cool because this today we I I do I do want to admit I don't do enough for diversity on this show, and I'm really psyched tonight that. That is going to be rectified. We are going to celebrate Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month of May with an amazing guest tonight. Yeah. Uh, but first, let me bring on our sexy witches. Also from the Atlanta, Georgia area, he is the voice of violence, the son of celluloid. He is the surly southern sorcerer. Please welcome to the show. Nathan Hamilton, how are you doing, sir? Welcome to Sexy Witches. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and every tween, everything in between. Um, I'm here. <laughs> That's all I'm here. You, you don't even Close want to enough. know. Uh, yeah, COVID was rearing its ugly head in Georgia. We hope that that's oh. not the case. I shouldn't talk about that, Nathan. But Nathan doesn't have no COVID. He's fine. He's fine. Yep. He's always fine. He's the ah. apex predator. So, exactly. But fingers mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, but happy Memorial Day weekend to both of you, and of course, in the L.A. area, in Orange County, and getting ready for a very busy weekend, please welcome my cousin, my partner in crime, and the Orange Warlock of Orange County, please welcome Mr. Aaron Cogan. Hello, you're on with Sexy Witches again. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be back. I'm glad to. Fortunately, our other, uh, the you know, the Enchantress of Nevermore Raven cannot be with us tonight, so we wish her well and um, hope they come back on the next, and, well, they will be back on the 8th where they're actually going to take the lead on that episode uh, because their guest is, uh, oh, what is his name, Jordan Wheeler? I have to look that back up. Who? Oh, I wasn't yeah. Ready. Yeah, um, who is um, a debut at the Brooklyn Film Festival um, the next day. So that'll be awesome. But first, tonight, Mr. Aaron, he brought the guest on for this show. Uh, could you just give us a brief of who it will be at the 930, um, at the 930 hour? What, 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 who is our guest and what is he representing? Yeah, the uh, director, co-producer, co-scriptwriter of uh, just this amazingly fun movie, 
that I fell in love with at Comic-Con, uh, gosh, two years ago, I think. Um, and it's called uh, Lumpia with a Vengeance. And uh, it's just been all over the circuits. Uh, my favorite little uh, factoid about it, Variety, uh, wrote of it that it should be shown to every film class as uh, how to do the most with the, the littlest budget. And that's a pretty great description. <laughs> I'll agree with that. His, his name is Patricio, and pardon my, if I don't get this right, so I'm asking you now, is it Ginlisa or Ginlisa? I think it's Ginlisa. Ginlisa. Okay, I'm great. Trying to remember, I, I only heard him the one time in the, the panel. Uh, I, I, you know, everyone calls him Pat or, or Patricio. Um, so I'm going to have to double check with him because, like I said, I just heard the one time on the panel. Okay, well, great. That'll be at the 930-minute um, mark. And But first, yes. we got a little bit of house cleaning to do. Um, Nathan and myself have been massively binging, uh, doing group watches and binges of several films because um, – 1982 was an amazing year for film, and a bunch of 40 anniversaries just happened, including uh, one of my favorite films of all time, Conan the Barbarian, which I did not watch, but I've been watching The Sword and Sandals and a few other fun films thrown in between. Uh, so uh, we we uh, watched, uh, and there was also a release of a very rare, obscure movie, well, it wasn't until recently, uh, Death Game, which was shot in San Francisco Bay Area. Um, yeah. So, Nathan, why don't you give us a quick rundown of some of the films we've been watching? Oh, man, Death Game. That movie is great. It had been since college since I've seen that movie. And the, um, oh, God, Grindhouse put that out. And it looks amazing on this Blu-ray. And it's got an ex- a bonus movie on there. you remember the name off the top of your head? Um, was it? Something about innocence, teenage, uh, teenage innocence, innocence little, little, teenage... Little, little Miss Innocence. Little Miss Innocence, there we go. That, that was right. right. And it came out before Death Game, doesn't have nearly the buzz or recognition that Death Game does, but Death Game is totally a ripoff of Little Miss Innocence, so I actually learned something from that. Um, we, watched, God, we watched Schizopolis. Yeah, which, I finally showed it. What's that? Uh, Schizopolis, the, um, that would be uh, the second film by um, my favorite, one of my favorite directors, Steven Soderbergh. He made it right after he did Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and it has the honor, like um, Crimes of the Future this week, of being booed and people walking out. So, you know, and any, any film that's been walked out on I automatically gets an extra half star in my point. Um, I also wanted to point out that Death Game stars Sandra Locke, who at the time was just married to Clint Eastwood, um, so she just got married, and um, also is the original storyline that Knock Knock, Eli Roth's movie, was based on, even though I will tell you, Knock Knock is not nearly as good as Death Game, so high recommend there. So. Now we also, in the, uh, in the time since the last episode, binged the new season of uh, Sex, Love, and Robots. Love Death and Robots. Nice. Love Death and Robots. Sorry. Nice. Love, Love Death, Death and Robots. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Whatever the hell it is, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> there's there's one episode. Um, well, it's not a spoiler. Sorry, the name of the episode. There's one called Night of the Many Dead. 
Oh, yeah, so good. <laughs> we, we had to watch multiple yeah. times and laugh the entire way through it. There are two very, very Lovecraftian episodes that I enjoyed a lot. Um, it, it's just, it's quality all the way through. So I recommend that to any of anybody out there listening. Yeah, the only thing I would say about this year's this season's Love, Death, and Robots, there was only one 2D episode. Um, of all the episodes were in were in three, CGI 3D, except for one one that was, but it was clearly a CGI move. It was still three dimensional, even though it had that comic book look to it. But everything was very CG. Um, not that that's a slight. The animation was amazing in every episode. I just like to have a little bit. You know, I'm an old school girl. I like 2D animation. Uh, so I do want to say, yes, if you haven't, uh, Aaron, did you watch it yet? No, I'm well, waiting to, to watch it with Natalie. Okay. You guys will really like it. But yeah, the the, 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 night, of, the night of the Mini Dead is hysterical. We There was so much happening. We had to rewatch it like two and a half times. So <laughs> <laughs> there's so much going on. Right on. Um, yeah. He loved the so, first one. Oh, and the second season was good too, but it was only like six episodes. This one's nine, yeah. uh, so uh, you know you get a little bit more bang for your buck this season. And I hope they continue to give us. Thank you, Blur Studios, for being awesome, because they also did some one or two of the episodes of that um, anime Star Wars uh, series that came out. Uh, Star Wars Visions. Yeah. yeah. So it's same people. So, uh, you know, I'm totally down for them. Um, we also, I introduced Nathan to one of the films I saw. Well, I actually saw Death Game at Exhumed, too. Um, but I saw the midnight film for Exhumed uh, 24-Hour Film Festival last year was uh, Patrick Still Lives, which is the sleazy Italian knockoff to the Australian film Patrick about the uh, comatose psycho patient that makes people go kill themselves. Um, there's, oh, yeah. That's, there's basically that's where the uh, the the overlap ends. <laughs> it is the sequel. It's a sequel to an exploitation movie, but the sequel is maybe the most Italian movie I have ever seen. It, 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 it marks every fucking box. And I told him straight up, we are going to do a drinking game with how many times J and B. Um, whiskey placement is put in this movie, and boy, were we fucked up by the end of that film. And this uh, was not ju- this was not just every time you saw it. This was every time they blatantly showed the label to the camera. Yeah, like they would pull it out of a drawer. There's at one point there's a pitcher. Like I didn't even know they made those. Uh, you know, um, a lot of women going, with boobs going no, no, no. All the whole through the movie, um, there's two of the funniest lines which got a pop at exhumed. One of them was um, "screaming women make me nervous," which is hysterical. Um, and then and the uh, other know. one, the other one I've actually adopted and have been yelling at people in traffic, <laughs> which will be "you'll die alone, whore." So. <laughs> So high recommend on Patrick Still Lives. It still holds up. It's funny because I had actually seen it as a kid. I actually saw it before I saw Patrick. Wow. And I remember hating <laughs> it, right? Because, you know, I, but as an adult and a connoisseur of Italian film, like, I have completely flipped on that. It is absolutely one of the best Italian horror movies out there. It is so wow. cheesy and Did you awesome. see it on media or, or is it streaming somewhere? Uh, we, I believe you have to download it. I am not pos, 
sure on that. Um, I know hmm, that okay. Patrick is on Shutter, like the original film. Yep. Um, I don't yeah, know I if believe, the sequel is on. I believe it's Severin that recently it's, put out a really good Blu-ray of it. I think it's Severin. Oh, don't quote me on okay. that one, but I believe that's it. Yeah. So I think it's worth looking for. It uh, is. Yes. It is yes. so. Cheesy, seriously. And, Se- and Severin very soon happens to have a halfway to Halloween sale going on, so that might be something to look nice. Uh, and of course, um, Aaron, we we all did the uh, Chainsaw Awards as a group watch on on Facebook. Yes, which was that was a- hell of fun. Yeah, that was hell of fun, and it was actually a good experiment, and I am considering doing that again for the madness and having group watches Oh, that yes, way. please. Um, so, because yes, uh, we can throw up comments on real time, and I really enjoy that. Uh, we did, the stylist did not win. We were beaten by uh, uh, St. Maud, and honestly, it's yeah. We're going to be by a film. St. Maud is a very good movie. So I, I wasn't upset. wasn't like the Rondo or Jacob's wife beat us. And I was like, you know what? We're better than hmm. Jacob's wife. Uh, that was but, a, first feature <laughs> was a stacked category. It really was. I actually thought hmm. Censor was going to get it, honestly. But it didn't. Um, but but I'm very pleased at St. Maud. St. Maud had the best ending of a horror film last year. It's you know often horror films are fantastic, don't stick the landing. That movie is a slow burn mm. and sticks the landing, which is like a flip. So I really appreciate that. Um, but um, we actually because of the Shutter Awards, we actually made a and a lot of people did make a list of the films we hadn't seen that were nominated for Chainsaws. And we watched one of the documentaries. Um, I had seen the other two, of course, Dark Days Witch, the folk horror do- documentary, which I'm basically basing the madness on this year. Um, and um, the, the Jonathan Frid Dark Shadows uh, was nominated. And then the other one was we just watched. And what was that one again, Nathan? I forget the name of it. Uh, mail, mail Order, order mail right? Murder. Yeah, Mail Order Murder, which is about – it's about – it, it's not even horror films. They're more like – Wave production. Yeah, Wave Productions, you could write a script to them and say, we want to see this movie me made, and they would do it for you. Um, and it, and it's really, and they still exist. They have a, 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 a table at Chiller Theater in Parsippany, New Jersey, every year. Um, and it's not really horror films in the traditional sense. They're really more fetishy films like you know look, mm. I like what Nathan said there's if there's a if there's there's always going to be a market for women dying slowly uh if there is some crazy way that you can get a topless or semi-undressed woman to die slowly someone's going to buy that movie that's just a fact. wow it, am I wrong um, it, it, no, not, no. Just having it spelled out like that is a little um, off-putting, maybe. It, it, I don't it, know. It, it's not PC at all. No, I'm not saying, you know, none of these films are PC. They're very terrible, and, and yet I have nothing but respect for these guys because of what they've built. I mean, and you it know. Gave, it gave me a very, very long to-watch list, much to the head hauntress's joy and delight, right? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> actually, some of them were, like, there was a couple that weren't actually based on killing women in horrible ways. There was one the called... Mummy's Dun- the Mummy's Dungeon looks awesome. Um, there was also one about shopping carts, the CAC of the killer shopping cart, so I want to see that one. The, uh, the day the shopping cart <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it 
is the day of the shopping carts coming to life. That looked awesome. There's a, Chris, um, you know. there's a Christmas one I'm looking for called Gift Wrapped and Gutted that I need to find. Ooh. So there was a it, – it, it just unfortunately lengthened our two watches lists even more. Though I don't even understand, like, how – like, they, you know, this is like – Porn had no sex in it. Like most of these movies, they they they, they have they have they have sex, but it's not like straight up sex. It's mostly nudity, um, and you know, and like they have like sequels to these films. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's like there's movies. They have a movie series called Strangled, and there's nine of them. Nine of them. Well, like, well they, sure, of course. I mean, Strangled Eight left so much, you know, to be. Finished oh. and talked about. I mean, oh, oh of course, yeah. Say nothing yeah, of one no. through seven. Yeah, no. But, you know, it's an intricate story woven through the entirety of the series. <laughs> and they're all I, shot I'm on so video, tried. all of sure. them. They're like they're all VHS wow. videos, or or now I guess they're using probably red cameras, like Olympia used red cameras. Clearly, uh, but, you know. What I found, <laughs> what I found super interesting about this documentary is they interview. Like almost all the actresses who used to make these kind of movies, and they'll talk about, oh my God, it was we went through all these shoots. It was so long, and we had to do all this crap. And then at the end, like, would you do it again? Like, hell yeah, we'd do it again. It was a blast. <laughs> um, one of the actresses was Deanna Demko, who's actually a legit screen queen. I've had the pleasure of meeting her, and she's been in a few of these movies too. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, it was just quite a, it was quite a documentary. I see why it was nominated for a chainsaw. So even if you don't want to watch the movies, uh, the actual documentary itself is totally a recommend. So, and last but not least, we rewatched for the 40th anniversary, one of my favorite sword and sandal movies of all time, The Sword and the Sorcerer. And it still holds yeah. up to this day. It is so awesome. I have a brand new copy of it. Uh, I believe it was Shout Factory put it out. 4K scan looks fantastic. There's a really long interview with the director, uh, and actually, it's very interesting. Um, this movie that almost didn't get made several times and came out the way it did. Um, you know, it's 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 gold. There's wizards. There's dungeons. There's camp. There's costumes. There's sex. It, 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 everything you want in one of those films. And, Brass and bikinis. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's how I remember that film. Mm -hmm. it's it's still fun i i really recommend watching that movie so um yeah i i think i need to clean the palette and watch actually a a quote unquote serious film but we did we actually did i went to the theater three times i saw northman which is awesome by the way (laughs) i absolutely love northman um and we saw everything everywhere all at once and then there's one other film we saw. What was the we other saw one? Doctor oh, Strange. Oh, we saw Doctor Strange for the second time in 3D. So, uh, you know, we, we've been very busy. What do you Friday. think about it in 3D as opposed to uh, just the regular edition? It's cool. Um, there was one point. My favorite thing was actually in the very in towards the beginning of the movie, uh, when he's fighting when they're fighting the uh, monster that's tearing up the bus. The bus comes at you and splits apart. That was like an awesome effect. 
It really looked cool. It was it. Uh, I, it's obviously a post conversion. At least it, I thought it looked like post conversion, but it works. It works as a, as a, as a three D film, especially because there's so many layers to it. Like if you know, like the 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 witch is stuck in the mirror world, and there's all the spikes or the the final sequence. The 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 music battle at the end looked amazing. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, you know, there, there it was fun. I'm really glad I saw it in three D. So, um, and, there are and, only two. There are only two Marvel movies that I've seen in 3D, and they're both movies that I went and saw and had to go back and see in 3D because I thought, okay, I bet that looks cool. And it's both the Doctor Strange movies. Like the oh, right the, visu- the visuals they use in these movies are like are really made for 3D, and they look fantastic. So I recommend checking it out in 3D. All right, now, Aaron, I was going to give you 15, but unfortunately ran a little long, but I'm going to give you the next 10 minutes because obviously you've been counting down to Obi-Wan this weekend, but not just that. It's also Star Wars Celebration. (laughs) So give us a preview of Star Wars Celebration this year in Anaheim. Yeah, um, uh, we're denied uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2020 because of – Corona, and uh, to give you an idea of how long it's been since we've had a celebration out here, uh, the last time I went, uh, they were previewing a little thing called the Mandalorian, which uh, I, I think looked pretty good. I, I, I expect big things for that series. Whatever happened to uh, that? <laughs> yeah, no, two seasons in, um, it's kind of the flagship of the thing, but everyone's, of course, looking to... Obi-Wan Kenobi, as you mentioned, uh, premiering, we assume, uh, Thursday night, midnight, but Friday, of course, being the original date. Because it was moved, we're going to get two episodes on Friday rather than just the one. And uh, it's not a long series, but um, uh, uh, Disney Plus released a little list of things you might want to watch beforehand, and they included... Season 2, Episodes 12 through 16 of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated series. Oh, shit. Yeah, and that particular arc there has to do with Mandalore and particularly uh, a relationship of the intimate variety with our uh, friend Obi-Wan Kenobi. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, live-action references to that since they basically told us stuff's coming out. Um, as far as things we're looking forward to, uh, God bless. Star Wars Celebration is amazing. It's four days of Star Wars madness. You'll have everything from panels with uh, Kathleen Kennedy, the various directors talking about stuff to come. Uh, you'll have a group of cosplaying Mandalorians talking about how you can make your own armor. Uh, you'll have a panel talking about uh, Star Wars uh the Republic series coming out um, and uh, all sorts of LGBT things related to that. You'll have how to build your own droid Um, gaming. uh, There's a one panel I'm kind of interested in about star tours and the collectibles, the merch that came out when that ride originally came out. So I'll probably sit down for that one. Um, As far as uh, things that we might get previewed, everyone's kind of got their fingers crossed for uh, the next Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was a great effing uh, 
video game. Um, there hasn't been anything announced officially, but like I said, everyone, if you go to the fan pages, is talking about that. There is a panel for Star Wars Hunters, which comes out later this year, and that's going to be uh, uh, a cross-play on different platforms, uh, App Store, Google Play, Nintendo Switch, and that looks like it could be fun. I, I don't know. Um, we're probably not going to see much of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or, but I would expect to see massive amounts of cosplay. Like, uh, <laughs> you will have people literally, li- certainly, you'll literally have people sewing costumes the night of when an episode comes out, because that's how these people do. Um, we have a Friday afternoon panel of Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hayden Christensen there. Um like I said, we have the High Republic coming. There's definitely going to be some stuff for High Republic. Uh, we have the Bad Batch uh, next season coming. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a trailer for that. Nice. Uh, Tales, of the, Tales of the Jedi is probably too far out for us to have uh, a preview, but we might get some pre-production art. Um, we might also see uh, some stuff for the next Star Wars Visions, which uh, the, the one that, that passed just recently won a nice little award at a, a festival, I remember. Um, yeah, as far as merch goes, there's everything. There's a plush of the frog lady from The Mandalorian that I need. There's a Zen, a sand Zen garden, you know, those little things where you take a little rake and you, you make the patterns like a Zen garden of the Poen Lars homestead because you know anakin and sand right um and then just uh all sorts of celebs signing autographs um i have to decide how much i'm willing to spend and on whom and original artwork if you've got a favorite artist who works uh doing things that you might have seen on uh, the disney store or in the parks or uh at the, the downtown store, uh, they're almost certainly there with new stuff for us. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be crazy. Wonderful, wonderful, I, crazy. And cosplay everywhere. I would assume also, since Colin Cantwell died um, this week, that um, he was the guy who yeah. designed the, the X-Wing and uh, the star itself, for that matter, um, that I would yep. assume there's going to be some uh, – memorials to him going on during this as well. So I would say look out for I'm those. sure of it. And he's not even the first we lost this year. I'm I'm no. sorry to say. Um I'm really excited to see if we see uh Taika Watiti uh and hear anything more about his Star Wars film. Uh since uh Thor Love and Thunder is in the barrel, ready to go next. That would be extremely smart of them to to get kind of a twofer in there. Didn't they also um, re-greenlit Ryan Johnson's films again? I'm, I'm sorry, what about Brian Johnson's films? Yeah, they re-greenlit them. They're, they're back on. Oh, right. They... Yeah, that and, and I heard um, Rogue Squadron is still on the list. Uh, Patty Jenkins 
Rogue Squadron is still on the list after being delayed, and there was some noise about that not happening. Apparently, that's still on, and and maybe even uh, the next Star Wars film we get. The other thing that I'm really interested in is Andor, which we just which is a spinoff from Rogue One, uh, and Andor apparently is going to be the most episodes of any Star Wars series so far, and we're probably going to get that late summer. Uh, fingers crossed, we might get a release date. We'll see. I, so there is so much on the Star Wars front, and you're going to have to obviously give us a recap when, on our <laughs> next show on, on June 8th, because I'm sure there's going to be some scoops coming out of this one this year. So. If, if if I survive, yeah. Um, one last thing. <laughs> Uh, everyone's holding their breath to see if we get any more uh, details on Ahsoka. Uh, everyone, of course, is this one we're going to get a, a live-action Sabine? Is this where we're going to get a live-action Thrawn? Uh, that last one, I, I personally know many rabid Thrawn fans that are just, you know, holding their breath to see what we hear. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> so all that stuff is awesome. And guess who just called in? Our guests. So I'm going to bring them on. And Aaron, if you would like to do the introduction, go for it. And I will bring them on as you do. All right. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hold on. Still... Hello, you're on with the sexy witches. Hello, sir. Hello, you hear us. Hello. I see his name. I see him Passing. on. Passing. Passing. Are you there? What? Pat. I heard someone. Hello? You're on with the sexy witches. Uh, or are yes. you? <laughs> oh, he dropped. Our first technical bugaboo of the evening. Oh, well, you know, it wouldn't be blog talk without some, like, you know, problems. So please call back right? if you... Um, we we so, got a half uh, an hour in without one. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. Well, actually, we almost, we almost uh, and I think it was my mistake, I accidentally set the time for 1030, and I realized soon enough to fix it, so, uh, you know. Oh, um, dear. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I'd, I'd already told him 630, and he told me uh, 630 was cool for him, too. Yeah, so, uh, well, I'm no, no, I'm talking about the, okay. um, the the time. All right, all right, let's see. Oh, he's oh, trying oh to, to go off. Let's bring him on. Hello, sir. Yes, You're on me. with the sexy witches. Hello. This is Patricio <gasps> Janelsa calling. Hi, Patricio Janelsa. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> we, we are so Sorry, glad I think we had a fail on the other stuff. Like my microphone was hooked up. <laughs> had to use the landline. <laughs> okay, so, I, I so, just only so you know, heard you. I was just going to say, just so no, you know, you there's go. a six-second delay oh, when you're in a phone call, so just keep that in mind if we accidentally talk over each other like we just did. Uh, but go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron is actually, the, since he brought you on, sir, thank you for coming on the show. My name is I am the head huntress, and you're on with Aaron, as you know, and Nathan Hamilton. The uh, And uh, so I'm going to let Aaron get the lead on this because he brought you in. Thank you for coming on the show, sir. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so uh, truly a pleasure. Truly a pleasure. Uh, I, I was uh, telling my fellow sexy witches, um, well, not just tonight, but uh, previously, just how much I enjoyed every screening I've seen at uh, 
first Comic-Con and uh, then WonderCon and just how they're just such a blast to see with a live audience. I, I, I really enjoyed watching it, you know, by myself so I could – Hear lines that have previously been laughed over, but <laughs> well, good God, well, I mean, that's why it's, there's it's a total nothing blessing. like seeing it live. I mean, if you <laughs> had told me that you know we would be screening at Comic Con or WonderCon, uh, we were making the film, I, I would think you were crazy. And so I take it all. <laughs> this this has all been just really, um, you know, it's been an epiphany, right? Because you know the the movie itself, you it's a Filipino American film. And you think, okay, well. The Asian American, Filipino American community—they're definitely going to come out and support. We definitely had the film touring uh, for a bunch of film festivals, most of them Asian American. But having it screen at San Diego uh, Comic Con Special Edition last November really kind of made us realize that we weren't really focused on really the, the the audience that really mattered to us, which was the nerd community, like nerds like myself, <laughs> geeks. And so it, it really opened up the world of really discovering an audience that we. Always knew we had, but we never thought we would have the platform to see. So here we are. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's and clearly made with geek love. I, I mean, that, <laughs> that comes pouring out of every frame. And when I try to describe it to people, it, it's not just a comic movie, like a, an MCU, Marvel, DC movie. It's not just a comic book movie, although I will say that next to uh, – into the Spider Verse, this is probably the best comic book, wow. comic movie that yeah, I've yeah. seen. Because I, I mean, y- you really feel the love and you really feel the influences. I mean, Frank Miller obviously yeah. is uh, definitely an, an influence, but there's so many other things going on, and it's just a freaking delight to see them all and experience them all. And it's hilarious, right? Because um, you know the the jokes hit in different screenings, and you don't realize that. Everyone really appreciates all the little Easter eggs that we nodded. I mean, you said Frank Miller. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of nods to even the most, uh, you know, the most obscure uh, references. You know, uh, I would say Captain EO. You know, they're like that. That oh, is yeah. kind of like, and then without spoiling, but there's a lot of other little things, uh, even references to Batman and stuff that, again, yep. only the nerd community would get. You know, and so and it helps, right? Because we we all grew up in that era. The, the the Marvel Silver, Silver Universe, the DC era, Frank Miller, so it it, it made sense. <laughs> and you've got, I mean, we should also mention that in addition to this film and the film that preceded it, you have a huge and and beautiful uh, comic book presence with this property. Yeah, and and the comic book came after the film. I think that's what we've been, uh, you know, we. <laughs> It's funny, right? Because the usually it's the comic book that gets adapted into a film, and so for us, yeah. it's the other way around. And it's always been a dream to actually create a comic book. But uh, well, I think what makes the comic book so special that's spun off from this movie is that it's created by the the, pe- the people who made the movie. Our producer uh, draws. You know, we have our, our assistant stunt yeah. coordinator who draws hidden talents <laughs> that we didn't even know our own filmmaking crew had. So I think that's what makes the comic book so special that it's actually created by us. So it's not. Uh, it, with other folks and people who we look up to, like Will Spertaccio and other artists that do contribute to it, so um, so it's been it, it's taken a life of its own. Actually, the comic books of that now expanded. We're on our what four issues now. Uh, we have our first yeah. spinoff. So wow. yeah, I, I you know I'm 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 uh, <laughs> yeah like again I I'm, I am just stunned and I just we just keep it going as long as people enjoy it. And so that's 
that's really how we did it. I mean, the the movie was crowdfunded, and then the comic book was crowdfunded. So we just keep doing it until people grow tired of us, and then we'll stop. Oh, so, uh, Patricio, uh, real yeah. quick, I, I, w- sure. I would because um, this movie has a lot to unpack. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Why, I, 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 uh, why don't you like? Unwrap, unwrap, right? Not just unpack, but unwrap. Unwrap, <laughs> even unwrap. Yeah, okay, we'll use unwrap. Why don't you give a quick synopsis of your film? Because yes. I I yes. tried to explain it to someone yesterday, and they and it, 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 it was the funniest it, thing. It, it, it's funny because uh, we we were we we just had a Sacramento premiere last weekend, and I was telling. Uh, one of my fellow cohorts, like because we were going to be interviewed, I, and even he had a problem. How do I, you know, how do you, how do you describe the movie in a soundbite? You know, and I told him, okay, the movie Lumpia the Vengeance is an action comedy about a hero who fights justice using Lumpia, the Filipino spring roll, and he has to team up with a high school student uh, to take down a crime syndicate that sells drugs, masters food. <laughs> That's it. And you can <laughs> then you can go off of that. I mean, you know, there's so much more to it. There's bullying oh, yeah. involved. Well, you, there's urine you know. involved. There's there's politics involved. There's, yeah, there's classism involved. There's crime involved. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, there's so much going on in this movie. <laughs> so I didn't mean to interrupt, Aaron, but I had to get that out. No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and. And as much as it, it, it's about and from uh, the Filipino community, I never once felt lost watching hmm. the movie. You know, I, I was down with everything going on. I mean, even if I didn't have uh, a huge audience laughing right next to me to, to know what's going on, um, I, I, I got the gist of the the jokes that came out of the people that, that – you know, Filipinos would get because it's mom, it's uncle, it's yeah. auntie, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's the um, the draw of not just any, of any comic book film. When you watch any um, you know Marvel film or even a DC film, there's there's Easter egg nods to people who read the comic books, who probably read the, who seen the previous movies. So in a way, the movie's kind of built like that. You know, number one, on one end, yeah. it's actually a sequel to a, an old obscure homemade film. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, I put in things that that would, you know, that, that the fans of the original one would like. At the same time, if you're a Filipino, you put Filipino, uh, you know, little nods and Easter eggs that only they would uh, know. And then for the mm-hmm. community, you know, you – so there, it, it was, it's tough because, yeah, you said it's, it's wrapped – it's filled with so much fillings, right, and so many <laughs> different things. But I think that's what really made the movie unique now, now that we're – actually showing the movie. I mean, it took us already, what, what, five, six years to get this movie finished. So only in the last year and a half have we been able to share it to to see people respond the way they are, including what I'm, what, what I'm hearing from you guys. It's it's It almost validates like, oh, okay, this whole journey, this whole roller coaster of a ride that we've been through, <laughs> it, it, it validates that, you know, and, 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 and I, so I appreciate you guys and I appreciate your, your comments because it, it, it does prove the fact that, you know, a Filipino-American movie isn't just for Filipino Americans and that was always my thing as a filmmaker you know that you know I don't go watching films and just because it's for a certain crowd oh no it's yeah. if it gets someone to google it or know more about it then that's great so I'm glad we're able to package it into this wacky film about a guy who throws lumpia because I've been my whole life trying to justify that <laughs> I will but say you uh, you mentioned uh, you know you mentioned googling and the movie actually is 
kind of culturally uh, educational in a way because I went into this film mm-hmm. not have, really knowing what Lumpia is. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the credits finished rolling, I was Googling where in Atlanta I can go to get some. So oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know Excellent. what's funny? They, uh, there's, there's new Lumpia stuff that, that's opening up. I just found out because uh, like in Gaslamp, but there's a Lumpia place that just opened up right by San Diego Comic-Con, you know, right there on Gaslamp. What? Like, yes, yes. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell Lumpia. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why am I... I'm forgetting the company, but you just look up Lumpia and Gas Lamp. It's there. So if you're be, if you're in San Diego Comic Con and and you're, and, and you're craving Lumpia, it's just there in Gas Lamp. <laughs> but it's not just about the Filipino community. It's a mm-hmm. shout out in a, in a very obscure way. But as as soon as I saw the Bart trains, and, and you're from Daly oh, City, yeah. and it is totally a film about Daly City. Like, it, yeah. it's oh, yeah. like the, sh- the shots, um, the bowling alley, because <laughs> there's a very famous bowling alley in Daly City. Did, did you grow up in the um, Bay Area? Did, are, yes, are you I from did. The... Yes, I oh. did. I'm from, I'm from the flats. I'm from Richmond, across the Rich- Lake okay. East Bay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, you, again, again, we just we just premiered it in Sacramento last weekend, and it's amazing how many people – you know, come up to me and they say that do that is total data city. You know, like that for me that was the biggest compliment, right? Because it's one thing to shoot in your hometown, but to capture the spirit and vibe in such a wacky comedy and still to, to for them to yeah. like, oh, that's so Daily City. That for me is the biggest compliment. So you know, like, we didn't shoot in Canada. We did, you know, we shot it in my hometown yeah. and make sure that it was actually really authentically Daily City. So, yeah, I thought awesome, I thought awesome. at first when I when I put it in that you were, were an LA kid and everything, and then I looked at that I was like, no, this is not LA. And no, then no, I I'm saw a the fart train, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, this is. And, and it was like, of course, it's Fog Town, duh. Uh, you know, <laughs> but just like, but uh, anyway, so I as as a, a, a fellow Bay Area brat, I want to say um, you you it, you capture what it's like to be in San Francisco Bay Area, especially the South uh, San Francisco, without actually saying, hey, we're from the South San Francisco, and it's totally <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, so Easter eggs on that, too. So shout out. Oh, I cool. just wanted no, to make sure awesome. I was <laughs> I was so excited. I, I, and the thing is, you know, that's like my metropolis in Gotham City, right? People, you know, exactly. they, they Town, I, I like it when people already know that's Daily City, right? You know, for me, Fogtown represents mm-hmm. any really town that has, you know, um, Filipinos as, as like a big – I mean, here in L.A., it's Cerritos or West Covina, right? That's that's their Fogtown yeah. here in L.A. San Diego – what, Mara Mesa or Chula Vista? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. the enclaves of Filipino communities, it's like, it's, um, and I'm, I'm touring them. I was, just, I was just actually at Virginia Beach a couple of weekends ago to premiere it there, and then there's a heavy pre- Filipino presence there in Virginia Beach because of the Navy. So it's cool to visit oh. enclaves of, like, Filipino pockets, of, uh, pockets of Filipino community outside of California, um, and, uh, you know, in, in every city has been really, you know, receptive and very, uh, you know, so uh, again, this tour is just starting for us. Um, obviously, we want to go wider, but uh, this, the reception we've gotten so far uh, has been really been flattering. <laughs> uh, I, uh, Aaron, you, uh, Anna, I'm going to bring one more thing into this and then I'll shut up, I promise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, 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 don't shut um, up. I I um I made a um a produced some films in the LA area called the FP which is the Fraser Park which is uh, and Fraser Park. Uh, yeah it, which is this little town in the mountains in the grapevine up up hmm. in uh, up outside LA um but I want you to go and wa- uh, you can watch the sequel Beat the Rage uh-huh. actually um 
uh, Hulu just dropped the original. Actually, it's on Hulu now, really which is kind of a big deal. Uh, but, well, what, uh, what's the movie the, called? It takes it, it, place in Fraser Park, F-P. and it's called what? The FP. Oh, the um, FP. Oh, the FP. Oh, okay, so it's short for Fraser Park. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And then the, the sequel is Beats of Rage, which is on Amazon Prime. If you uh, 24 minutes in, you'll see me, and then I'm in it for like you could do a drinking game. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, oh no, but, I know this movie. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, right on. The dancing spirits. Yeah, yeah know, exactly. Much, like I almost thought that they could even be in the same universe in some ways. I was like, I, this is very. I have similar. not seen it. I've heard. This is not the first time I've heard about it. People have been comparing. I, I don't even know it because I looked it up and I, I just I remember the poster. The poster is like very uh, memorable. Like I, I know this poster. You know. Um, <laughs> but I, is, is this on Hulu now? I gotta watch this. Is this on Hulu? Uh, the original is on Hulu. Um, it was okay. a, it's very similar to your earlier film. Two thousand. Mm-hmm. It, it was made in two thousand eight. Yours was your original film was made in two thousand three. Beats of Rage is a sequel, and they consider that the prequel even though it came out first. It's not aged well in some of the ways. In other ways, it has. Um, I, I, you know, if you're not offended by language, I highly recommend. Oh, no, I'm not offended at all. Beats of of Rage is a straight-up post- you know, it's post-apocalyptic, and it get, but the but the similarities of their gaming films, and I think that's why the crowd in San Diego Comic Con liked your movie because it does. It feels like a gaming movie. There's boss yeah. levels, and and you know the comic oh, vibe yeah. to it. And so I just wanted, to, I just thought they were very kindred spirits. Well, you know, um, uh, you know, the first movie, the, the original Olympia movie, has so much cussing on it, so the, the, it's almost like. <laughs> Once they see the second movie, and then they say, oh, "Can I kids watch the first one?" Oh, well, no, 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 no. Tyrone like cusses up a storm <laughs> in that one. So, uh, I, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm actually marking this down. I, I definitely need to check out the FP because this is, uh, yeah, it, it, it does sound like I, I remember watching the trailer. It has a gaming and an apocalyptic kind of a storyline. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it, yeah. It, it's it's like the first movie takes place as the apocalypse is happening. And then Beats of Rage and the next two movies uh, are oh, wow. post-apocalyptic. So, uh, you know, everything, the civilization has fallen apart. <laughs> so, and then you're, you're in the, which, you're in the, the Beats of Rage one or you're in the I first mean, one? I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I had nothing to do with the first one. I just became okay, a the, huge fan of the first one okay. and became oh. friends with Jason Tross, the director. Oh, Jason Tross, yeah. Um, and then I, I, I was in the second movie. I produced the next two films and Aaron is in the next two films as an actor. Wow. So. <laughs> she dragged I gotta, me oh, in. Man. I, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the, the Beats of Rage. It's like Streets of Rage. That's already like, like Genesis. Yeah. It, really got, it got my Sega Genesis Our generation does this thing where we take movies we've seen and, and comics we love, we take it, yeah. we put it into a blender, we hit blender, puree, we and we make a brand new product out of it. And your film does that too. I mean, you're, that is you're so where, awesome. you, you wear your influences on your sleeve, sir. Oh, <laughs> So, beautifully yeah. so. Beautifully. Beats so, of rage. Yeah, so, Aaron, you're up. Go ahead. I'll accept that. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you, you actually touched on something that I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. because uh, this has been a multi-year process uh, getting it through. You alluded to the first film. Can you tell us a little bit about when, where, and why that came about? 
Well, the, the second film was crowdfunded, right? It, it, we're, we're, it's really going to be nine years, right? Nine years ago, 2013, when we um, we decided to uh, crowdfund. The, we, we figured if we were, we were going to do a crowdfunding, um, and then kick, you know, Kickstarters and all that were all the rage back then. Mm-hmm. And so we figured if we were going to pick a um, do a feature movie and crowdfunding, which one would it be? And we, we decided. Why not the first Loopy movie that had kind of a small cult following, you know, and something fun, you know? Um, and, and, and honestly, you know, I, I think originally when we decided to do uh, Lumpia 2 at, at the time was really just to do something also kind of like a little independent thing. And we only raised like 50000 I think, in that first crowdfunder. But it, greenlit, it, it greenlighted the project, but it also motivated us to, number one, write the script because, you know um, – if, if there, if we didn't have backers and if we didn't have like uh, you know money ready, people already waiting for us to come out, I think we would have given up in this long process. I mean, we wow. didn't know that this movie is going to take seven years to create, right? But I think a lot of it, and my goal was it was really what would get us to finally make a feature film because it, before then, uh, I know we had the the original movie, but we were doing music videos and commercials and short form stuff. So the, as a filmmaker, you know, obviously making a feature was what wanted to be. We wanted to make a real movie, and so we used that challenge of making this, but really not as a way. We didn't want to make something just to satisfy the backers, you know, give them the reward. We, we wanted to make mm-hmm. something that was worthy of their support for us, right? And so even we knew already, we were thinking big already, and what would we do to try to raise the funds to get it to that point we wanted? Like we didn't want to settle down. So what you see is really just us, even though uh, we had run out of money all through the years, we just, there was always some sort of um, checkpoint that happened that would either make us continue or we would raise funds. Um, you know, one checkpoint in, it was, you know, when Mark Munoz, the former UFC fighter, came on board, you know, and he became our new lead um, actor. And then when money ran out, then all of a sudden, you know, Dan Treo got a hold of it. He joined us. You know, um, so there is always these things that would always kind of motivate us to go to the next level. But, you know, if you know anything about independent filmmaking, you know, the worst, the one thing that we didn't want to do was to, you know, shut down production and then be, and then not be able to restart it again. Because there's so many films out there, especially uh, fellow filmmakers of mine who, who run out of money, who aren't able to finish it. And they, it's just hard. It gets it's too long for them to relaunch it. That movie just gets abandoned, you know. Um, wow. And there were close calls with this, and, and I think, uh, but I think mm-hmm. what, but the, the fact that we knew that we had like 700 plus backers at least waiting for us, like there's an audience, uh, that's what motivated us to not give up. You have such an amazing cast, and and so many different levels uh, in the in the cast, but uh, your your main hero, uh, Kuya, uh, Mark Munoz. It's just effing amazing. Had he done acting before? I know he was I mean, an MMA fighter. I mean, he did a cameo appearance in that uh, Kevin James movie. Um, what I forget that right. MMA movie, uh, and um, I forget. But he has such. He was one of the uh, the fighters in the montage of UFC fights that uh, Kevin James was doing. I can't remember. The, uh, I can't remember the name, but it's, it's on his IMDb if you look him up. So, he, yeah, the, the, he not no lead performance, no, none of that. Um, you know, and I think what drew, drew him to the role was the fact that he did have to talk. <laughs> you know, just emotes. 
<laughs> so, but um, but he's so good at it. No, no, he, he he was so great. I think you know what made what what led to Mark getting the role. Honestly, was was really when he um, his last match as a UFC fighter. He he was fighting um, in Manila, and I think when he won, he did this really inspiring speech in the octagon. And when he spoke, um, I don't know. I, I, it's something about that speech. And you could look it up on YouTube, but it just sounded very heroic. You know, like you. You, you see him speech, and I just like I just looked at him like, man, that guy is kuya, you know, to me, you know. Um, and I'm glad that he we were able to connect, and he was able to sign on, um, because the whole movie was a big experiment. When you think, when you look at it, it's an experiment that could have failed because we're mixing non-professional actors. A lot, of, a lot of them, my own friends that I grew yeah. up with, we were making movies, and we're combining it with professional actors. So even then, it, it's a it, it could easily fall apart, you know. Um, not, 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 yeah. and, and I'm just glad, you know, I, I mean, you know, that, that it was able to work out in the end because there's so much stuff that was going for a film, but there's so much stuff that shouldn't have been worked, but it ended up working, you know, and, and I think that's the blessing of the, the cool part about the film, like, like it's able to, um, it's, 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 a, it's able to pick on all these different tones and all the actors, uh, were able to find that right tone for the movie. It, it wasn't yeah. too... Uh, like it's it's weird because even the tone someone describing what is the tone of this film, and even when we were writing it, uh, you know sometimes it was too wacky the ideas and, and I always had to <laughs> find this balance between the the wackiness and also what's kind of grounded and real in terms of thematic stuff. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he 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 was just such a perfect center for the the movie and uh, you know just bonus that uh, he came with built in. Uh, fight choreography skills. Uh, oh, we, we, we just have to tell uh, him that, that to pull back. I mean, he was oh. the, the hard part <laughs> with, with with him was that you know he's so used to real punching. We had to like tell him to fake fight, and that was hard. Like oh, I, I remember stunt coordinator like, no, 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 don't hurt him for real. Like pull your punches, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't don't punch James him, Mark. That's not here, how you do it. <laughs> here comes the boom. Yeah, here, here comes the boom. The That's, the That's the movie. That's the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you won't see him. It's, he, the, 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 it's so quick. It's part of a montage. He appears probably a good three or five seconds or something. But that was his uh, first acting gig. That's his first uh, IMDb entry. Right on. Hope he gets a lot more because I really enjoyed it. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed everyone. Uh, the gentleman who played the mayor was just freaking oh. hysterical. I can't even imagine how his cast fellow cast members kept from busting up. Yeah, just, we had to do multiple oh, takes. And Joey Gila, his name is Joey Gila, the comedian. He, you can actually catch him. Oh, He's going to oh. be in the new Joe Coy movie, Easter Sunday. And the Easter oh. Sunday is actually a very big film coming up for our community because it's the first studio-made film about the Filipino-American community and happens to be produced by Steven Spielberg and, of course, stars the, the, wow. the biggest star now, Joe Coy. And Joey Gila is in that movie. He's, he's like our connecting tissue so um a lot of good stuff happening in our community and I, i'm just i'm just in it for the ride i'm just glad lupia is part of the conversation right on. <laughs> how did you get danny trejo um who brought it to him how did he come in yeah so danny is interesting i mean in, in when we thought of the um 
when we thought of the idea, I, I, we always said, oh, would it be funny if Reyes was actually played by Danny Trey? And it was always kind of catered like, with him in mind. It was a dream right casting on. thing. And, and, you know, this industry, you're so used to people saying no and rejections left and right. So obviously we thought he was going to say no, but our, one of our producers was able to get his team the script. And lo and behold, they actually said yes, they, they got it. And I think it helps because when they Google us, they saw what we were about, you know, how we were crowdfunded and, you know, we're not coming from studio money. We're very super independent. Um, the only the only thing that they wanted to make sure that that, that uh, we weren't doing was we we weren't making fun of Danny Trejo's uh, brand, the Trejo's Tacos. Like, you're not making fun right. of Trejo's Tacos, are you? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but the Keto Boy is completely a different character, you know. <laughs> it's about the identity of Lumpia and representation. So, I, you know, once once we got at that, he he was he was down. So we got him. I mean, that that was the Danny Trejo was one of those pivotal moments where, as an independent filmmaker, you. I have to make a decision. Like, you know, we only had so much money in the budget that we, you know, if we took that, then we would have to shut down production and, like, you know, so so it was a question of do we pay Danny, shut down production, and then hope that we can raise the funds now that Danny's a film to kind of restart it, Mm. you know, or do we not take it and just finish the movie as is without him? And it was a tough decision because, I, like I think I, what I mentioned before was that, you know, I was scared that if we shut down, it would be hard for us to kind of reshoot again, find the funding. Yeah. You know? So that was a really, really big decision. But, look, if Danny Trejo says yes, I just feel that in this industry, when you get those yeses, it, those are rare. This, it, it, It's very rare to get that. And so you have to say yes, you know. It's one of those gambles you do. I mean, the whole movie's a gamble, so why not take another gamble mm. with Danny Trejo? Yeah. Excellent. Well, there's there's two things that I think your film does as good or better than the average MCU or DCU. Uh, one, your timeline, even though you're pulling stuff from a film years made before, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's very clear. Uh, it, it, I never had any trouble following what was going on, even though you're oh. mixing different times and pulling characters. Um, and then you don't kill your villains, which mm. is brilliant because you can bring them all back again. Uh, but that's why she has her own spin-off comic book now. We, we made Gemini a spin-off right? comic book. <laughs> I have that cover. It's it's yeah. beautiful. And, and Gemini, Gemini is she she was play, um I was gonna say that's that's Katrina, right? Uh, yes, Katrina, the Miss Universe yeah, Philippines. Yeah, Miss Universe oh. Philippines. I will say she's absolutely stunning on camera. Like, like I, I kept she, like all the women in this movie are amazing. Actually, I love. I, I mean, she's tall. Them. She's she's super tall, yeah, she's, and I, that's partly the reason why she got the role. But she, you know, it's great again that she's a great actress, and you know, she just commands the camera when she's on screen. It's funny when she puts on that 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 um that outfit, she just becomes Gemini. It's just it's a, it's incredible because. I would never in my wildest uh, dreams when writing the script, you used to write Gemini and you just hope that the, the villain actually does appear what you want it to appear like on screen, you know, and, and Katrina mm. totally owned it. Completely. Yeah. There's another factor to the movie that I think uh, is definitely in its favor. And that's, and I can attest to this personally, it's really rewatchable. It's something you can see again and again. And 
I've been hearing that on the, the circuit, you've got people coming back to see it again and again. You know, oh man, you're, you're picking up on all these things that we, we talk about in our producing meetings every time. Aaron, because oh, it's right like, I, you know, because the frustrating part as a filmmaker, right, is that, yes, we're, we're getting all this love at Comic-Con. And then, you know, of course, we're still seeking distri- distributor. Right? And I know we're being tracked and people. So, you know, I, 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 you know, the news is we haven't had any serious offers for distribution. And if we have, they're not nearly the, the kind that I feel validates really the audience. I think it's worth, worth it, you know. Um, so mm. I, I, think, I, I think the rewatchable things, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I saw even with my own eyes at WonderCon, people had seen it previously, not, not just only at the previous San Diego Comic-Con special edition, but like at the past film festivals coming back. And, um, and, and I think I see that also with the comic book. Like, I, you know, we're, all, we're in our own little bubble, right? So, you know, when we mm-hmm. were during the pandemic, like, like a lot of our screens were virtual. So to finally engage with a lot of fans who actually read the comic book and actually know, like, like they're okay. actually looking forward to if there's a potential third film, they want to know where the comic books are going. Like, for yeah. me, that's a, that's a nerd dream come true, right? The fact that even things that we are creating and all of us are trying to build this universe that I would never in my wildest <laughs> dreams again, like, thought that when I was doing the original Olympia movie, because part of me was always kind of embarrassed about that first film because it was so homemade, that that, that would serve huh. as a DNA for this, what we're calling the DFU, right? The deep fried universe. So, yep. so <laughs> that's like our genesis of our <laughs> that's DFU. That's awesome. Now. <laughs> so tell me about. Uh, throw Olympia on the big screen. Yeah. Um, so are you, are you talking about Olympia: The Vengeance or the original? I mean, the 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 whole point of this whole thing is to get it on the big screen, right? And we're hoping. Uh, I think the plan is is that you know, uh, we, if we don't get a distributor we, that we're happy with, and and, mm-hmm. and as you can tell, you were you watch it with an audience. Like this movie has to be seen with an audience. It's not something Amen. that you can watch virtually because it's a very community-oriented film that for us that we have to kind of get in theaters. And so we're even looking to the, the possibility of us just self-distributing the film ourselves in theaters and just selecting uh-huh. theaters and doing it that way. So, yeah, would you, would, <laughs> if you told me again, independent filmmaker become an independent distributor, ah, I don't know if I have the energy. I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> you know? But it just seems that that's the... The, the, our destiny, our story, for some reason, like it just feels that that's 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 the route that we were destined to take this whole time. You know, just just do it ourselves because we're already doing it ourselves, right? So why not distribute ourselves? Absolutely. Now, is, is that something that you need to accomplish before you start talking about a third film? Because you can't leave us hanging. You know, you, you got to do the trilogy. We're on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength. Everything comes in trilogies in thirds. So, yeah, I would be lying to you if I if I said that I, I haven't thought of the third film. I've been thinking about the third film even when I was writing the second movie. So, you know, I would nice. I would even say that I even have a title in mind. We may we might even have a logo in mind. So it's what? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying that it's like a nerd. You know, <laughs> it's 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 it, this, it, these are things that the the reaction and how people are receiving this has really inspired all of us really to think about what's ahead. And, and the comic books plays a factor into that. And I think a lot of us, we love the fact that we are able to now use this new platform, the comic book to really kind yeah. of flesh out new ideas and test out new ideas because it won't take five years to make the comic book. It only takes us a couple of months. So that's easy, right? 
Um, the movie, yeah. of course, if there's a third film, that would serve as, I think, the ultimate like conclusion, really, to everything that we've established, if there's any comic books or whatever. So, yes, the third film is, is, is definitely something that we thought about, that we probably have something in mind. Mm. Now, can I say it? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it all comes under funding. Like, but someone, <laughs> if someone, look, if, if, look I, I never say no if people, you know, if the community wants a third film and they will it to existence like they did with Lupio and a Vengeance, it may happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nothing surprises me anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm, <laughs> I, I I mean, when I do craft out the like right now, we're, we have this new comic book coming out called The Legendary Lumpia Squad, so that was also crowdfunded. So that this comic book that we're working on now that comes out in July uh, is, is takes place after the, the this Lumpia with a Vengeance film. So we're already now we're already kind of esta- establishing what happens post film. So yeah, in a way, the, that's the third film is obviously something that I'm thinking about because I definitely don't want to put that in the comic books, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so yes. Uh, yeah. If, uh, you know, um, I, 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 if the Legend of the Squad continues, and we there, we definitely have some sort of thing that we're kind of leading into, and and, and potentially it's I'm hoping it's a third yeah. film that for me, and I've, I it's no secret because I, I talked about this in every Q and A, is that the difference between part one and part two, right? That 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 difference between part one and part two, well, it has to be magnified three times the difference between part two and part three. Right, so that, that, and that, that could be in terms of story, it could be budget-wise, but yes, this third one has to be the ultimate like geek fest, you know, and it's it's got to have visual effects and whatever, you know what I mean? So, and I won't do a third movie if I'm not able to do it the way I want it to be, you know. <laughs> now, one, right on. Thing, um, one thing I really enjoyed I, about this flick was the soundtrack. Like, not oh, only do you yeah. have like. You know, song and dance numbers and songs that are like actually yes. See, but there were yeah. just straight up bangers all through this movie. You talked awesome. a little bit about just creating the soundtrack for this. Oh no, thank you for that. You know, um, see, this is what happens when you uh, shoot music videos for two decades uh, for free for some of these musicians, and so they now owe, yeah. they owe me a favor. And so I'm just really <laughs> cashing in with my favors of directing their music videos and you know, asking them to donate or, you know, just, uh, you know, put in the film. So, you know, yeah, like there's so much talent uh, even uh, in the independent world, and, you know, uh, and a lot of them happen to be my friends. So, for example, uh, I mean, the big song there, which I won't spoil, was sung by one of the actors, and he, we actually, that song was already completed even, I mean, while still writing the script. So even like three, four years before we even got it, shot the movie in front of the camera, that song was already completed. So it's amazing how that song, which is the big, you know, the big, uh, the big song in the movie, it ends up still people still liking it because it means that song is ageless because that song was produced like five years ago, yeah. you know. And in other uh, other songs, like uh, for me, it's a classic uh, artist I grew up with, uh, like Jocelyn Enriquez. She's a, such a big icon in our community. She used to do freestyle music, so I, I was able to get one of her songs. Um, and then there's, a, of course, the Black Eyed Peas. I did a couple music videos for them, and Apple mm-hmm. the App, uh, uh, you know, he he provided also a song in the soundtrack. So again, um, I like to think I have good taste in music. So it's not it just so happens to also be uh, you know mm-hmm. created by my good friends. It's good. How to involved know people, are... It's even better for them to owe you a favor. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'm sure I'm sure I'm going to have to pay them back at some point later on because now I owe them the favor. <laughs> so it just goes back and forth. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll see if, if a third movie come out comes out. Like you know, if I can finagle <laughs> another favor out of them. Are we going to see you at uh, Comic Con in July? We are still waiting. You know, we are still well, pins Damn. and needles. Uh, we are. Um, <laughs> I. I, I, what, what am I allowed to say? <laughs> um, we, you know, okay. Well, listen, we will have presence at San Diego Comic Con. I can't say exactly what that presence will be, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I think I think for your audience, we can say that yes, we will be at San Diego Comic Con this year. So, excellent. If uh, our listeners are fans and want to see more of you, uh, should they send an email to the powers of be at Comic Con <laughs> requesting you? I say they can definitely push that needle like up to yes, yes. You know, I think I don't know where we stand with the needle, and I think yep, yep. I think I think it's happening soon because they're making uh, they're they're solidifying all the schedule and all that stuff. So I'm aware. I, I this it was always the same process with WonderCon and the and San Diego. Uh, like I we were we we were kind of like always in the the last round. So um, mm-hmm. but I, I can tell it for sure. I got the booth, so I have the booth for sure. Um, now okay. it's a matter do we get the other stuff that we want. <laughs> Fingers so, crossed and knock wood. Yeah, so so I can yeah, so I'm now working on at least for the exclusives and everything. I'm 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 def we're definitely planning out that presence and we hope that we get some sort of screening or panel so that uh and so that we can connect with that uh Lumpia restaurant that's like in gas lamp. So we'll we'll yeah. definitely make this a whole connection and maybe we'll be there. So yeah, it's it's all in the planning, I and mean, I think it looks good. Let's say let's say the forecast looks good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. An outside um, installation for Sandy yeah. Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I'm still praying Neither. to the powers that be. You know, like so. Yeah, if you have any influence, like email them. Say every coming because I think, I think um, as you know, Sandy Comic Con, we're going back to full force, right? So. If that happens, yep. this is for me as a lifelong nerd. It, it'll be a dream come true to actually be in the real Comic Con next to Mattel and Hasbro and DC and Marvel and Boom and IDW. Right? And that's awesome. It, it, yeah. You have to train for it. Seriously. I, I, yeah, uh, and it, 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 it's a training <laughs> thing. I have done it twice, and I had to train both times. Wow, you know, it, wow. you know, and I would be at work with my headphones on because there's a fantastic podcast that they do right before the show. Um, oh, really? And they do, I, yeah. So I highly recommend their podcast. Um, and, and they, they, they do two episodes where they talk about the, they give the entire panel slot, like the entire wow. thing. And so I print it out and I'm walking around work. I have a highlighter in one hand and the and the and the, and the, and the panelists in the other, and I highlight the ones that I'm interested in. <laughs> I had to do that to get ready for Comic Con, and then see where and then see where they are in relation to each other, and can I get to them in time? Seriously, you have to. Oh train, man, well I, it, I'm praying, it, I'm it, praying it, that on that list that you make, that uh, hopefully our panel is on that list, and it's there. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's in, you know, hopefully that makes it to the, the final. Final draft. Oh, absolutely, so. absolutely. Yeah. I, and well, I won't be there this year. I'm kind of broke, but oh. um, but but, <laughs> but um, Aaron will be there, and so I'm sure he'll yell to the high, "Come see Lumpia!" And he'll yeah. Eat oh, you know I will. You know I will. Oh, <laughs> I'm happy to be a hype man. 
Um, I I was telling a friend, you know, like, like you mentioned, it's so hard to describe it, but I think I I came up with something pretty close. It's kind of like Batman, but (laughs) instead of Batarangs, there's Lumpia and it's kind of like Superman in that you've got the, the outside community, but it's, 100% 100% American. It's it's all American. Wow, that is awesome. I never. Yeah, you're right. It's like that is. It's, it's funny because I always say that you know, like if a guy can dress up as a bat and dress up like a spider, why can't a guy just have <laughs> egg roll, a, a spring roll as his uh, his icon? It makes sense. But the whole alien thing and Superman thing, you're right. You know, it's. That, I mean, we we play with that identity representation all the time, right? Between like yep. and people mistaking mistaking identity. So. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I you have to com- tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, no, no, you I, go I, ahead. I, I was just going to say I wanted I was... to compliment you also for the shot with Danny Trejo and, and, and Koya that when you actually got the Olympia and the Taquito to hit each other midair <laughs> and you got the shot. I was just going to say that because I didn't get to see that uh, when you showed it in, in the trailer. Because, right? you know, everybody's you know, yelling and screaming and laughing and clapping. Um so I finally saw it uh, when I watched it on TV at home, and that was freaking amazing. You could never duplicate that in a million years. Yeah, no, it, like it, it, the fact that um, in real life that they actually uh, hit it's, it, it, and, and I, I I don't know that that's what makes uh, Dad Trader just a legendary icon that he can actually just <laughs> yep. target that like bullseye. But yeah, no, it, it was. You gotta imagine, Danny Trejo is a sweetheart, but man, he definitely has that machete kind of like killer instinct on set. You know when he's in the zone, mm. you know. So, so I just remember yeah. that day being so like everyone on top of their game, and it was because we were trying to, um, you know, and Danny was very cool in in, in uh, accommodating in terms of getting us our shots that we need and the time that we had with him, and so wow. so for him to hit the loop, I, I didn't need visual effects. I should I, I could have just had it clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a total uh, machete. I know the one taker. That was take one, one actually. I got yeah. to take one. <laughs> hey, Supreme badass. Gold, <laughs> absolute gold when that, that kind of stuff happens, right? So I, I was in shock. I was like, oh, my God, he got the shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that was also um, – that blooper is actually a, a callback also to the first film because in the blooper we had a similar – uh, a blooper that happened, but instead it was them throwing a tennis racket and it hit me in the head uh, behind the camera. So like, so it was it was almost like okay, well they hit me, and so my, uh, why not the keto hitting? So it, yeah, anyway, <laughs> totally. The bloopers and the outtakes are hysterical. It looks like you had so much stinking fun on that set. Uh, I I I can well, only imagine. To. Yeah. You have yeah. to have fun for it. I mean, it's the, it's the only way we could get through all the the stress and all the you know all the the, the you know all the issues that with filming the usual the usual things lack of resources, lack of funding, right? So my mm. thing is always if we're going to make a movie, we know you know we know how rare it is to even get a feature. Let's have fun with it, you know, because if, if God forbid we uh, fail, then at least we had fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you didn't fail, sir. Right Actually, you've made a film no. that's going to endure, and that's oh, amazing. That's... And and, and thank you for coming on this show because we are a huge proponent of indie film 
um, do it your CYI filmmaking. Yeah, in and the matter of fact, this season has been very heavy on that. And so uh, I'm so pleased that you could come on this show and talk about your film. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. And, and, and I definitely have to watch the FP and, and, the, and the, the, the other sequel. It's just, it's, it's a bit of my radar. And like, again, it'd be nice to, you know, I, I think that that's food for your soul when you watch things that are very nerdy and talks to you. So it's like, I, I've been mm-hmm. really, that's what really keeps us going is the people, uh, the comic books always, I mean, I, I still go get my comic books every Wednesday. You know, it's, it's just, that's my fuel. So you guys enjoying it. And actually, even I mean, just all the compliments. I'm just overwhelmed. <laughs> so like that, wow. well, um, that's going to motivate me tonight when I actually have to finish writing this issue for it, the Legendary Olympia Squad. So thank you so much. <laughs> hey, you thank just, you. Just, you. going to be you available at Con. You just mentioned oh, you that? pick up all your your uh, issues every Wednesday. What are you reading right now? Oh my God! So well, so I'm I'm a big Transformer fan. I mean, that's that's how I got into comic books. That's like that's how my entry to Marvel was through Transformers. Nice. So, um, yeah. um, the well, the comic book, uh, it's a lot of back issues. Hey, hold on. So what I'm reading <laughs> right now is yeah, I know, I know. It's a uh, hold on. Uh, there's a Boom Studios comic book and a Black Mask. Uh, the Black Mask Studio comic book. Uh, I'm going back. Uh, um, well, okay. The, the the one I just picked up was was the uh, was the Batman one with the graphic uh, Batman Black. What's it called, Batman? Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> I'm pulling my comic book boxes. I know. I get to, oh, okay, so, okay, now I remember Superman seventy eight and Batman eighty nine. So I'm very retro. DC Comics, so you know they did the whole Christopher Reeve thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I picked those up, and the Batman '89 one because it has the Harvey Dent, uh, uh, you know, Billy D. Williams one. So I've been reading mm-hmm. that one. Um, and then uh, Jock did a Batman thing just recently. I can't remember the title. It's a, it, it's in the graphic novel format right now. Um, oh. But it's oh. written and drawn by Jock. Uh, Batman. Oh, I, I don't remember the title, but. I think it's called Black Label or something. Batman Black hmm. Label. Yeah. So anyway, so those comic books, and then I have the my little geeky ones, which is hard for me to admit, but I get all the Transformer stuff, the uh, the Wreckers, and even the, uh, the the Power Rangers versus like the Ninja Turtles. Like so, I there's all kinds of stuff, and then the independent ones like Berserker, which I was a Kickstarter backer of, you know. So I love that book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, I mentioned just, Boom's, uh, you mentioned Boom oh, Studios. Oh, there's The Good Asian, too. The Good Asian just came out. Uh, the Good oh, Asian. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, so, Boom Studios right now has a Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, I saw that. going on that's dope. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's funny because the Ninja Turtles versus the Power Ranger ones, I wouldn't normally pick up, but the art on that was really good. So, um, yeah, i got to pick up the Godzilla one. I'm, I'm curious how they're tackling that. <laughs> See, I'm a sucker for crossovers. That's, that's the one thing that's weird is that my tastes are very all over the place, right? It's like the independence, but then I like my franchises, and I like it when they cross over, like Back to the Future meets Transformers. Like, I'm all over that, you know? Cool. Because <laughs> hope, I have the hopes of hopefully that there will be a Lumpia with a Vengeance crossing over one of these IPs at some point. So, uh, boom, IDW, you know, let me know. If you could, <laughs> if, you could pick, if you could pick what uh, franchise to cross over, which would it be? Oh, another one that hasn't been crossed over yet? 
No, one that you, that the Olympia universe could cross. Oh, dude. With a, with the deep fried you. fried universe. The Terminator. Yeah. I don't know why. Terminator and Olympia. Like, I, there's something oh, about the right Terminator where you can Tony go to works. the future. And I, 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 can you tell I've been thinking about this already? <laughs> yeah. Nah. The Terminator, just that mythology. <laughs> I just feel that just the whole thing about going to the future. I don't think they've. They've really. I just want to know more about the future. How does LA look and all that? Like that. Mm. So I don't know. So what does what does Fogtown look like in that future? Like where's Fogtown? Is it foggy? <laughs> Did the machines take over? Who are the uh, I who are the soldiers? That. Who are the resistance in Fogtown trying that. to fight off all <laughs> the, the you know the Terminator? Do the Terminators like eating lumpia? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they can't sustain the lumpia grease. I don't know. <laughs> That's how you attack them. <laughs> oh, my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> no, we could totally nerd out. Like, you know, so who do they bring back? Yeah. The Terminators have to go back in time and, you know, prevent, uh, I don't know, prevent uh, prevent Kuya from, from getting, becoming a superhero. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> All kinds of th- theories. Oh, my God. See, it's even more like the FP every day. It really is. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> for me, there you the, go. Uh, a, the FP and Lumpia. There we go. There, the, the, the FP and Lumpia. Yeah. about that. I haven't watched uh, FP, but but maybe that that apocalyptic nature. This is probably the same thing. The, the it, apocalyptic it, future. Right? And and uh, I've always felt that the FP universe, especially Beats of Rage onwards, is the same universe as Judge Dredd. So we could have a mm. huge Terminator, Judge oh. Dredd, FP, Lumpia. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Universe. Yeah, and I was, now I'm thinking, like, like do, do robots themselves, or do they have races to different skin color tones, you know what I mean? Like, they're all metallic, but there's got to be different models, maybe, that, you know, yeah. is there a Filipino Terminator? Like, I don't know. Yes, <laughs> please. You know? <laughs> These are the oh, questions yeah. that have the answers, and the things that make you go, <laughs> hmm, you know? <laughs> This took a very nerdy turn. Yeah, no, <laughs> Even no. For us. You, you call me, you call me in a good creative uh, wavelength here with the nerdy thing. But you asked. This is what you get. You said you went two franchises. I would say also Back to the Future. You know, Back to the Future crossover, Marty Fly meeting. You know, maybe meeting Kuya. Like, how, what would that be like? <laughs> right on. I like it. I like it too. So. Yeah. Uh, I know that Lumpia isn't with the Vendors isn't immediately available at this time, but no. will it be available where people can actually see it besides going to a film festival? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean that's the whole thing where we're being tracked and we're trying to hopefully uh, book a distributor to get us wider. So, so I, my hope is we hope to be you know in theaters and maybe hopefully in VOD by the end of the year. Um, but you know the, the only way that people can find out is really just check out loopymovie.com. We always update our screenings page so they know where we at. Perfect. Uh, we're going to be in Las Vegas uh, for sure, June 18th. So our next screening mm. is going to be June 18th. Okay. That's going to be hosted by Joey Gila, like your Parktown mayor. So he'll be <gasps> there. So if you plan to go to Vegas in uh, in June, make it June 18th. We'll be there. Um, uh, tickets are going to be sold. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be signing your Comic-Con in July. So that's our schedule for now, Vegas, and hopefully San Diego Comic-Con, and then maybe hopefully wider in October. Uh, Make sure you keep... Is that where we yeah. can find merch 
the book. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. There's a the store there, olympiamovie.com. Uh, there's a store link there, and then um, also social media at Lumpy Movie is our is our um, is our handle. So because the two pin set with the uh, spinning Olympia is one of my absolute oh, joys. No, and we don't have it anywhere. I was thinking, yeah, that that, that spinning know. pin is amazing. Um, and <laughs> that completely sold out at Comic Con. So yeah, that's one of our. Uh, limited edition now. <laughs> it's all out of print. <laughs> Going to wear that with pride when I go back to Comic Con. Oh man, that's well, awesome! When you have updates on distribution and more screenings, please keep Aaron in the loop so we can make sure we plug your stuff as, oh, yeah. as the year progresses. And uh, all you guys that are kind fun. I want to come back. <laughs> I don't get to nerd Excellent. out as much as I do in other interviews. So. Yay! <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> all right. Well. Thank you for being on the show, and uh, like you're welcome when you're bored. Call back anytime. We're every other Wednesday, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. So uh, you know, we're, we're Nerdy we are shit. we are fandom. You know, you know everything from science fiction to horror to pro wrestling. We're we, we're on it. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you all, and uh, I love that Lumpia. Love oh, that love Lumpia. It. Love that, Olympia. Thank you so much, sir. And um, Nathan, once, and uh, that was it. We loved Patricio. Uh, let's make sure. Ginsla, right? Is that what he said? Uh, Ginsla. Uh, I can't remember right. last names. Yes, right. But thank you, Aaron. That was a fun interview. I really appreciate you taking the lead. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. And um, to anyone out there, if you're near where this film is screening, like uh, Vegas coming up, go see it. You'll have so much stinking fun. And even though I saw it as a screener, um, I, I'm glad I didn't see it alone because it is not a movie to watch alone. Absolutely not. No, it, no. it should be seen with an audience. It is It is definitely yeah. an audience film. Uh, and a film festival audience in particular is going to literally eat the, eat the lumpia. So, you know, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway. Let's see what oh, you excellent. did there. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so before we close out for the night, we got we do have a little bit of pro wrestling stuff we got to cover, Mr. Kogan. Um, we have uh, Nathan. Nathan just finished uh, uh, ring announcing for another uh, death match show in uh, Knox, not Knoxville, Tennessee, in Rocky Top. Rocky Tennessee. Top. Good old Rocky Top. So Rock how did that see That's the yeah. very place. How did this the show bl- go? The bluest grass you've ever seen. <laughs> but yeah, that was, for, uh, that, was, that was for TPW, and that was an insane show. It was in a tiny building. It was hot as balls in there. But, man, did everyone just put on one hell of a show. We had just great straight up wrestling we had some great death matches we had uh violent by nature defending their tag team titles against the redneck uh excuse me the hillbilly wrecking crew of jw dalton and the hardcore hillbilly we had oh man we had one incident where josh crane split travis dykes open with a staple board really badly but other other than that uh incident where we had to stop the match early the whole show was great and if you are near Vegas, June 18th, go see Lumpia with a Vengeance. However, if you are near Knoxville, Tennessee, come join us 
for a show entitled TBW Aim to Misbehave. It is at the Chatterbox. It's going to be one hell of a show. Uh, Raven Havoc is taking on Satu Jin. We've got an amazing tag team championship match. Uh, the Bloodbath Behemoth Tank with the Reverend Dan Wilson is going to be there. It's going to be a hell of a show. So definitely, whichever side of the country you happen to be on, you've got something cool to be doing June 18th. Right on. It sounds like, you know, East Coast, West Coast. Also, um, this weekend, AEW is having their big uh, pay-per-view and their third-year anniversary of Double or Nothing in Vegas, speaking of Vegas. So, um, as we were on air with Patricio, uh, Samoa Joe just beat Kyle O'Reilly to be um, Adam Cole's opponent in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. So, congratulations, Joe's gonna kill you. So the lineup is pretty stacked for that stuff. Um, Nathan, why don't you tell a brief preview of what that show is gonna be like this year? Oh God! Well, I did not know Smojo because I turned it off so I could watch it afterwards. Spoilers. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. I, sorry. No, I told we're you gonna, have... gonna win. Oh yeah, uh, we got CM Punk versus Hangman for the uh, Hangman Adam Page for the title. Uh, the one I am looking forward to most is the death triangle of the Lucha Brothers and Pac versus the House of Black. That one's just going to be straight up insane. Uh, we've got the debut of Hookhausen. We have got we love that Lumpia, but we also love that Danhausen. Um, and it's chips. He chips a lot. Yes, and oh God, help me out. <laughs> we've got the fi- the men's and women's finals of the uh, Owen Hart tournament. Like it's just going to be top to bottom, a hell of a show. Yeah, um, so the, if you're in Vegas, there's a lo- I'm not usually a huge fan of Vegas, but apparently there's a lot to do there right now. So <laughs> right on. Vegas and uh, go see some wrestling, go see Olympia with a vengeance. Um, I don't have, other than, I don't have any, like, certain things planned for, I'm trying to think if I have anything to talk about in the future for our show. I don't have any extracurricular events. Sh- um, it, depending on the circumstances, I would love to see the, um, the plaza. Uh, Aaron, our big, our big cool theater here in Atlanta is the Plaza, um, which mm-hmm. shows all the cool retro. And they're having, on June 3rd, they're having their silver screen spook show, which is relatively famous because they make really awesome posters and people love their posters. Even people that don't go to their shows distribute their posters. Um, and they're doing my favorite film uh, from the psychotronic era, the 1958 blob starring the oldest, youngest teenager, this side is 30, Steve McQueen. Um, and sure. uh, I, I really, really, really want the poster. <laughs> I haven't even seen it yet. And I want the poster. So if nice. I, depending on the circumstances, I'm probably going to miss the show. <laughs> I'm really sad about that. Um, but also, best tickets go up at the Colonial Theater in um, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, go on sale this week. So you can, there's Woo. all sorts of blob stuff happening. So definitely, if you're in the area, check out the blob. Um, either on this coast or uh, up north in at the Colonial Theater in Pennsylvania, where it was shot. And that is always the second oh, right, weekend in right. July. Um, so lots of things. So I'm really happy there's a lot of blob stuff to report because I friggin' love that movie. Um, also, I want to also say real quick, I think Joe Bob is killing it this year. Uh, as usual, this season yeah. has been great. Um, he just showed the 1930-23 uh, uh, Nosferatu with Werner Herzog's 
Nosferatu from the 70s, uh, which is amazing. Uh, So that was last weekend. And I, you know, so once again, Joe Bob is teaching the young kids um, and culturing them on everything from bad VHS movies to one of the best vampire movies ever made, the Werner Herzog Nosferatu. Uh, So, you know, awesome. And Aaron, besides Star Trek Celebration, do you have anything else you want to report before we go for the night? Um, Savage Avengers, they're rebooting. First one just came out. I got all four covers because I'm a freak, and uh looks like it's going to be fun. Excellent. And what about you, Nathan? Anything you need to report before we move on for the evening? No, I think we covered it. Wow, we covered it. That was amazing. I'm really enjoying this season. The season has been really heavy on the indie films, uh, and I've been mm-hmm. really happy to be able to, you know, to talk to some of these smaller cult following type directors like Patricio Genisla, um and uh, of course we had Dina Bahar um, from the, you know, Matt and Trey Stone, the actor, and we have a couple of more. Um, yeah people coming up in the next couple weeks um the eighth is our next show and that would be let's see i'm gonna make sure i go to my notes oh, oh, hold on just a second i go to my notes okay so the eighth is wednesday is the eighth wednesday the eighth we have jordan galland um he's gonna he's having a short film premiere at the brooklyn film festival on the ninth and so he's going to call in and talk about the show and he'll be on in our second hour at 10 o'clock so we will, you know, recap a bunch of stuff all before that, and then he'll call in. And we'll talk about his film, and then on the twenty second is Will, the actor Will Keenan calls in, um, who actually, interesting enough, Bloodfest had um, when I was there the ghastly love of Johnny X, which he happened to star in. So it end on that season, which was season I think it was season two. I had the director Paul Bunnell on the show. So it's kind of neat that, you know, this is, and he's got a great career and he's got a couple new films out. So he's going to call in and talk about his indie career and, and being an actor in a lot of these indie films. And the Gaffin Love of Johnny X is a movie musical. And what's cool about it, it was, it has the, um, the, the, the pedigree of being the last black and white film shot on film. So, Yeah. So now that is, is is actually a small but important piece of film history. So that's our next two shows, so mm. the 8th and the 22nd. Uh, don't have any shows slated for June or July yet, though. I'm thinking about playing around with um, a episode in, in August about defunct amusement park rides. And, um, right and I'm, between the three of us here, I know for a fact we probably could talk about it ourselves, but... I actually think I'm going to be ambitious and contact the guy who did Defunct Land and see if he'll come on the show. Right on. I mean, he's he's a podcaster like us, um, and he has a pretty good cult following, and he just did an episode on one of my favorite uh, rides in the United States, the Old Mill in Kennywood in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They had a, a installation called Garfield's Nightmare, which was, you know, this is the ah. oldest tunnel of love ride running in the world it was built in 1901 upgraded in 1926 okay that's how old this mother is and so it's president garfield 
Yeah, so it's <laughs> no, but that's the thing. In the in the in the what was it early two thousand late nineties early two thousands they put in because they because some people thought it was too scary to have the dancing because you know it's you know Tunnel Love Rides change over the years they have scenes of places and you know you go in like world showcases and dancing skeletons and stuff and someone thought the dancing skeletons were too scary so they put in Garfield's Nightmare which was the most bizarre installation. I've ever seen uh-huh. in a dark ride in my life. Uh, it has now been pulled out officially as of last year. COVID has done a couple of things. It brought some rides back to life that I thought we'd never see again. Uh, one is um, the, the old mill now has its Western skeleton themes back. So that means another reason to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And Knott's Berry Farm opened a new version of Berry Tales, which we will definitely right talk about on the August show because I know that Aaron, you did Berry Tales. I did Berry Tales growing up. Yep. And Berry Tales is is up there and as good as any Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion. Matter of fact, it was designed by the same guy. So whoa, whoa, uh, yeah. whoa! Hold <laughs> the phone. Tales was a classic. You can't say it wasn't. It's a classic, but yeah, you you can't compare it to you know freaking Everest and K two. Come on. Well, I mean, come on. It was designed by the same guy. He also was gonna, he he also would have designed the news uh, museum of the weird. He uh, which never got yep. came into fruition in Disneyland. Um, and um, and uh, you know and it was and it's one of the few times you get to see an actual Imagineer do something outside the um, Disneyland circuit. And so it was special in its own right. And I actually, in some ways, even though. You can't take anything away from the Disneyland version of Pirates of the Caribbean. You can from the one in Disney World, but not the one in Disneyland. Um, yeah. In some ways, I Berry Tales uh, was always very near and dear to my heart. It'll always be my sentimental favorite. Um, so I'm really glad that they bring they brought it back. Not maybe not as as it was then. It's now a 4D shoot 'em up. You want assignment, Aaron? Once you're done with all this stuff that you're doing, which you're always <laughs> busy. I want you to go walk your 10 blocks to Knott's Berry Farm because you can actually see yeah. Knott's Berry Farm from his house. Um, it's true. And, and go see and go ride the new Berry Tales and please give us a review. I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I, 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 I was deep diving defunct amusement park rides over the weekend. And when I found out they relaunched um, – Berry Tales and Knott's Berry Farm, and 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 they've also re reimagined the old mill in Pittsburgh. I actually cried. <laughs> I was Aww. like, "Yay!" They're bringing back the rides as they as God intended. So <laughs> you know, okay. yeah, yeah. So anyway, and um, last but not least, go support your drive-in movie theaters. A lot of them are struggling this season. So please go do that. Um, we don't want to lose any more of them. They saved movies during COVID, and now people are abandoning them right and left. We just had the drive, mm. the motor, the motor view just closed, and it's going to be turned into houses. Yay! Um, and Good so Lord. we're losing. Yeah. So uh, please go support your local drive-ins and movie houses. Um, there's plenty of great movies and TV to watch this summer. There's so much to do. So enjoy it and thank you. And thank you once again for Tushio for being on the show. Aaron, thank you for taking the lead on the interview. Ah, pleasure. Thank you. It was wonderful. I, even though I kept interrupting, but I'm always overexcited, you know. You did not. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
And Nathan, as always, and I hope you feel better. Thank you for being on the show and uh, always brightening my day. Always a pleasure. Excellent. All right. And um, Raven, we miss you and come back. And she's going to take the uh, Raven. Yeah. They are going to take the lead with the um, William Galad show or Jordan Galad show on on the eighth because they and uh, we're looking forward to that. Eek. So. So feel better. Thank you. And everyone, we are leaving the show a little bit early tonight because there's a lot of sick people in in the sexy witches right now. <laughs> and so we're going to go. Stay. There's always a lot of sick people in the sexy uh, I know, <laughs> but, you know, we're actually kinda, literally sick. Kinda. But we're going to leave tonight with the theme to Lumpia because, after all, even, the movie might not be available yet. The soundtrack is. It's on Spotify and Amazon, so go find it. And uh, we're going to play the theme. Have a good night, everyone. Blessed be. Good film hunting. We all love you. Thank you for listening. Good night now. <laughs>